Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is Friday, January 7, 2022. And I have an awesome guest on the line. She has a blog called the Hope Mommy Handbook, um, which covers a range of topics, motherhood, style, food, travel, home, wellness. Um, and she just, she has an awesome Instagram and she wrote a book called um, Nora doesn't eat, right? Nora doesn't eat that. Uh-huh. Nora doesn't eat that. And um, she's just here today to talk to us about all the great things she's got going on. I know she's going to drop tons of golden seeds and we're going to learn a lot. Welcome to the show, Jen Katrina Ann. Thank you so much. <laughs> so go ahead and tell listeners just a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm the founder of my blog. Um, it's basically a lifestyle blog for not just moms, but just anyone in general who's looking for tips and advice. And I am absolutely figuring all this out as I go. I am not a guru of any kind. So I do love when people comment on my articles and they're like, oh, well, this was my experience or this that helped me. So I can learn too from other people. Um, I've also been drawing ever since I was a little kid. So I got into surface design and illustration. Um, I have a shop on Society6 called Virgin and Bloom. And I do um, upload my designs on there and I sell products. Um, I also, as you said, I'm the author of my very first book for children. I was also the illustrator for that book. Um, it's available on Amazon and it kind of, kind of ties into gardening and everything a little bit because um, the child in the book, she doesn't like to eat. And then her parents take her to farmer's market and she's introduced to, you know, eating veggies and, you know, kind of looking at food in a different way. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'm also a wife and a mom of two young girls. What I was saying was, you no, know, your daughters, Pumpkin and Peanut, have original <laughs> names. Like, well, I mean, those those are not their real names. Those are, no, those are just nicknames I use um, to, so you know, cute. I love keep that. everything private. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just, uh, and did you say, what did you say? You're a surface, like, does that mean you like draw on a tablet? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I have an iPad and then I use an app called Procreate and I have like the little pencil, like Apple pencil. And then you just physically draw on the, on, on the surface. And then um, you just draw, like you would draw on a piece of paper or paint and there's different brushes and things like that. And you can create whatever design. And then I just um, upload that up into my shop. <laughs> I am so fascinated with that because I actually am an aspiring children's book illustrator myself. Ooh. And I just had a critique with a publisher and she was like, you have to learn and master procreate. <laughs> and mm. I was like, what? <laughs> and then I went into it and I'm totally struggling. So um, kudos for you for doing a whole book like that and, um, and then, and getting your book published. So I, I love all that. And then will you just, can you spell the name of your shop just for your listeners really? Yeah, quick? absolutely. It's Virgin, B-U-R-G-E-O-N and then and, and then bloom, B-L-O-O-M. Cool. Um, and you have all sorts of really cool, I saw a lot of your illustrations on there. They're really, um, Thank you. a lot of nice things. So I always do kind of start out the show talking about, now in the pre-chat, we said you're in San Francisco now, but is that where do you grow up? Like, I always ask about your first gardening experience. Like, were you a kid? Were you an adult? Who were you with? And what did you grow? Yeah, for sure. So my parents actually really, well, more my mom, but like both my parents really love gardening. So I've been in like my front yard, my backyard, watching my parents garden from a very young age, from probably five or six. Um, and then it was mostly like roses in the front yard. My dad would dig the holes with a spade. My mom would plant and fertilize the roses. 
I felt like every weekend we were outside on, you know, in the back or the front gardening something, or at least I was watching them do something. And then the backyard, we had a really large vegetable garden. We had green beans, tomatoes, cucumbers, eggplants, peas. Um, we had all kinds of stuff. And um, I would go back there occasionally when things were ready and I would pick them for my mom and stuff like that. But I was just from gardening forever. Like I, we were always doing it. Aww. No, you have a garden at your new place now? Yeah, we have a garden now in my in our house now in the back. Um, what, what grew well there this year? Oh, tons of tomatoes. I mean, I had like just baskets of tomatoes, mostly cherry tomatoes, but um, we had tons and tons of tomatoes. They did very well. Um, we had cherries, we had early girls, we had celebrity hybrids. Um, we actually, my husband made two garden beds and one is just for the tomatoes. Like we just had so many, it was great. I love cherry tomatoes. They're my favorite to grow. Mm -hmm. um, it was a good year for tomatoes here too. So is there something that maybe didn't go the way you thought it was gonna? Um, I tried bell peppers, I think for the, no, I think I did it once before and they were like, they did not work out. And then I did it again this year, this past summer. And they really just didn't grow. They were like itty bitty. And then I'm like, well, we don't really get snow or frost here. So I'm like, let them just go as long as they're not dead. Let me just see how far I get. So they actually got a little bit bigger, but they're still pretty green. So I I'd hope that I have these big, you know, bell peppers that I could like pick and eat and they're like fresh and organic. And I didn't really get that. And I saw other people, you know, my other friends who would post pictures on Instagram or whatever. And they had these gorgeous bell peppers. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? So I, I had hoped that that would have worked out better, but it didn't so hopefully maybe next year i grew these johnny nordello peppers this year that were like long and skinny but super sweet and super mm. red and they were like prolific like i just got a ton of them they were really good and they said that if you dry them you can like grind them into paprika so i'm gonna try that oh, nice oh cool um how did you learn how to garden organically like did is that how your parents did it or Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not an expert on that either, but I definitely watched them a lot. I saw like the passion that they had. And if we weren't gardening in our garden, we were like at the nursery buying flowers, buying, you know, steer manure. Like I knew what that was when I was six or seven years old. I'm like, why does it smell so bad now? I know, but it was just, you know, um, a lot of buying flowers and buying herbs and vegetables. And we had fruit trees in our backyard. And honestly, it was just a lot of observation and watching them do it. And to me, it was very normal. I thought every family went every weekend to the nursery or practically every weekend and planted <laughs> stuff and, you know, had fruit trees in my backyard. And when I got older, I'm like, no, this is not everyone's experience. And when I got older, uh, actually my parents would be like, okay, get up early and we're going to dig holes. We're going to do this. I'm like, I don't want to do this on Saturday morning. And then later when I, you know, had my own home, my own family and stuff, I was like, I really enjoy this. Like, there's just something about working with the earth and, you know, bringing life to something. And I, I don't know, I just, I enjoy it now. Um, I appreciate it more now. So I hope my kids also see my husband and I, what we do in the backyard and, and learn from that too. You know, my mom, I didn't like to garden at all when I was a kid. My mom's still like, how did you end up with a gardening class? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about something you're excited to try next year. Is there something new you're going to do? Um, I actually have never planted tulips. Actually, I've never planted any bulbs. So I love tulips. Seeing them in the spring, they just are always breathtaking. I never get over that. But I've never planted any myself. So I'm definitely eager to try that. Um, I and now it's already January, so I don't know if I'm too late. If you could tell me if I am I too late for bulbs? Uh, I think 
most bulbs you plant in the fall, but there's probably some that you can plant in the spring. Um, we haven't, we don't have a lot of tulips, but we have a lot of irises and I, I think you can put irises in, in the spring. I'm pretty sure okay. we've bought them before. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe I'll try that then. Yeah. I, th I definitely think like tulips and things you have to plant in the fall. Yeah. I figured I was probably too late. I still was maybe a little nervous about getting it right, but, and now my garden is just, there's like weeds and there's, there's been a lot of rain and moisture and there's just like weeds and all kinds of stuff I need to clean out. So yeah I totally get like that I'm like all right I'm gonna do this and then here comes like the time to plant is gone and the time like I didn't get my I wanted to transplant a bunch of irises this mm -hmm. year and I didn't get that done either <laughs> we'll see what happens there's always things that don't get done so this is the part of the show we call getting to the root of things like so do you have like a least favorite activity to do in the garden something you had to kind of force yourself to get out there and do uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't like weeding. I just, I don't like to see the weeds. So I'm eager to get out there and get them done. But then when I say start, I'm like, oh God, my back hurts now. <laughs> or like spreading mulch. I love the look of like a freshly mulched garden, but then the work of like bending over and literally just spreading it for like, I mean, at least two hours. It's just like, I'll have to lay down the rest of the day. Like my whole back will just hurt. And maybe I'm, my posture is not correct, but yeah, those two things. No, I totally get that. And like in our mulch, like we usually use straw and it's super itchy too. Mm -hmm. I like, I'm lucky if I can spend 20 minutes on any task. So two hours <laughs> is a lot. That. 20 minutes is about my, my like stretch in any garden activity, but I'm lucky my husband on the flip side, like spends the whole day out there. So he grows wow. most of our food. Um, what's, so on the flip side, what's your favorite activity to do in the garden? Um, I like watching my daughters, like when we had, um, tomatoes, um, I like watching them go and I say, oh, you know, go grab some red tomatoes, whatever's red, just go grab it. And just watching them do it. And they really enjoy it and infusing that joy of gardening in them while they're young, like what I had. And, um, yeah. And just like my husband, and I will sit out there sometimes in the backyard and hang out. And when we had flowers in the summer, um, just sitting out there and just enjoying the peace of nature and the beauty of the flowers. Um, even if it's like a tiny little flower coming out, just getting really excited about seeing that. Aww, I love that. My <laughs> husband and I wrote a book called the um, Organic Oasis Guidebook. And that's kind of like mm -hmm. our goal to make, like help people build a space that they want to hang out in and, and want to be out there in. Um, mm -hmm. Cause I think that's so important. I love that you're getting your kids involved. And I do tell people a lot, like if your kids, when they're teenagers are, you know, resisting and they mm -hmm. really just like keep sharing your passion. Cause so many of my guests have said like their parents or their grandparents, like tried to get them interested and all they wanted to do was go, you know, drive around with their friends and didn't have any interest, but because their parents like, you know, shared that when they were kids, then as they became adults that they enjoyed it kind of sounds like a lot like you guys. Yeah, yeah. So Jen, what's the best gardening advice you've ever received? Um, definitely just keep trying because nature finds a way. Nature finds a way somehow. Do you have an example of that you want to share with us? Um, you don't have to. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm ask. just thinking, yeah, no. Um, I actually have my husband built a trellis because I was like, I have to have morning glories. I have to. <laughs> so he built a trellis. I think uh -huh. it was two, I think it was before the pandemic. He built it. And um, so he put it up and I planted these morning glory seeds. I was planting different things. They came up and you know, they die and you sort of start over. And so recently, I think it was like last spring, I planted a bunch of morning glory seeds and nothing sprouted. And we get really hot summers here and morning glories like heat, you know. So I'm like, okay, they'll come, they'll come. Nothing came. And then I think it was September, October. I see these little sprouts coming up and it was like 
kind of starting to get a little bit cold by then. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and they came up and they're still coming up a little bit. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to become anything because now oh, it's pretty done. cold, but right. Like I was like, oh, they're done. I, I have to try again next year. And they sprouted. I'm like, okay. So nature finds a way <laughs> if it's meant to. And I love the way you said like killing things because I have this friend <laughs> that I was helping with her garden this year. And she mm-hmm. was just like all the time. So it was like, I killed it and what's going wrong and I'm like just things die things don't always I'm like do you know how many rosemary plants I've killed like I've never got one to like you know I put it in the dirt and like while it's growing I you know or while it's there I like pick the fresh stuff and then you know as soon as it dies I like you know pick all the dead needles off put them Mm -hmm. in a jar and then I have dried rosemary and just um I was like, some things are just hard to grow. Some things, and other people, like I have this yeah. neighbor, she she has like the most beautiful rosemary plants. It drives me crazy. And then the other one I've been struggling with, my listeners know, um, I've been trying to grow blueberries for like three years now and I cannot wow. get a blueberry to take off. Last year, the only one that actually like even came close to thrive, I don't even know if I'd say thriving because certainly didn't produce any berries, mm. but like was still alive at the end of the season was the one that was still in the bucket <laughs> oh, none no. of the ones I put in the ground you know I could never like I just kept moving it and like am I gonna put it here am I gonna put it there right. like trying there. to figure out what bed in it never it's still like out under the I don't know where it is because I probably took the it was under like ground cover type mm-hmm. of what's that stuff called row cover mm-hmm. like a cloth I had to buy um I had this kale bed that I tried to put row cover over so I wouldn't get bugs but like I forgot to cover them up like three different nights and they still ended up with tons of holes in the leaves. Like that's one of my big challenges is getting kale that I don't care. I don't mind (laughs) eating it if it has bug holes, but like if we were ever going to try to like go to market or I was going to, you know, like I've been thinking about starting like a salad club and like, Mm -hmm. um, selling salads in jars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can't put kale with bug holes in no you can't <laughs> I don't know how people like I'm just like I'm at this point I'm like so I tried the um where you put the uh, what are they called the micro I don't know the bugs that you buy in the ground and uh-huh. I did that one year oh. and then last year I covered them up with row cover almost every single day there were like three nights that I did not remember to cover it back up mm-hmm. and still just they just decimate like I had a horrible kill crop again last year anyway um (laughs) do you have a favorite tool that you like to use like if you had to move and can only take one tool with you Mm -hmm. what would it be um I really love my Fiskars shears like they have been so solid and so amazing I mean Fiskars of course is like the name in shears but I bought them and I thought okay you know I'll use them for pruning and stuff but I've cut like branches of my tree like I they're amazing and I love them (laughs) definitely mm-hmm. a good pair of shears and pruners are like as essential mm-hmm. how about a favorite recipe you like to cook or eat or what what have you cut like is Nora after like is your book like after one of your kids is like a real life experience like where you had a child she was a really picky eater yeah yeah my older daughter she was it was a very very dark time for my husband and I it was but she's much better now but yeah she was quite picky and and so what what is uh, your oldest daughter like to eat or what it, what's her favorite recipe from your garden well so like I said earlier we had a ton of tomatoes and so my husband mentioned like oh I made tomato jam once and, I was, and for some reason I don't know maybe I'm the last no like I've never heard of tomato jam so I just looked at some recipes and I thought well I could do it go sweet or I could go savory and savory kind of sounded more fun right so I just 
looked up a recipe and I made spicy tomato jam and it was really easy. Um, I have a recipe for it on my blog and we would just spread it on crackers or we would just eat it straight. Like, and the whole family loved it. It was really great. I definitely look forward to doing that again um, this summer when we have more tomatoes. Mm, I'm going to check that recipe out. That sounds good. <laughs> How about a favorite internet resource? Where do you find yourself surfing on the web? Um, honestly, like Pinterest is just the main, you know, hub for me. I mean, you know, recipes, DIY projects, gardening ideas, you can get everything from there. And then I've, I've, I've come to find so many great blogs and bloggers just through Pinterest because you're like, oh, that recipe looks cool or that photo looks cool. Let me click on that. You're like, Whoa, look at this amazing blog. Let me explore that. So I've done that so many times and have felt connected to so many other people out there, either with my same interests or totally different interests that I am interested in learning more about. Sweet. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. tons of great things on Pinterest for sure. Um, and I love your travel pictures that you have. Like you have a, a lot of really cool travel things on your blog and in your Instagram feed. Thanks. And you've done like some cool travel things on that, what is it, Virgin and Bloom website, right? Like are there, I don't maybe I'm not thinking right. Oh. <laughs> um, Oh, I'm trying to find my questions. Okay. How about a favorite reading material, like a book or a magazine you can recommend? Yeah. Um, there's actually a site I came across, like, I think a couple of years ago, it's called The Spruce and it just has a lot of home decor and garden ideas. It's really simple to navigate, but it's a very beautiful, elegant site. And I mean, especially for your listeners. And trustworthy, who are... right? Like, oh I yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like their stuff is totally vetted. And like, if you see it on The Spruce, you can pretty much like, that's one of my goals mm -hmm. is to like, write an article for The Spruce someday. I'm sure you could. You have a lot of credentials with the podcast and your YouTube channel and everything. I'm sure they would love to hear from you. Well, I just started writing an article like once a month for my local paper. So I'm getting like, hey. that's been my biggest struggle with my website is mm -hmm. taking, like I've always just basically transcribed my um, shows and like trying to figure out how like developing my voice and how to change turn what I feel like and I even started to write this book called Rockstar Millennial mm -hmm. I'm just like it's just it just like I feel like everything falls flat like what I find exciting when I listen to my interviews mm -hmm. I don't know anyway but yeah I love the spruce that is a great that's an awesome so I don't think anybody's recommended that yeah I, I I accidentally came across this I'm like how did I not know about the site it's just such a great site yeah it is um so Wow, we're at my final question already. So, Jen, if there's one, well, wait, before we go there, let's talk about your book. Tell us more about the Nora doesn't like to eat book. Nora doesn't eat that, yes. So um, I actually self-published on Amazon. Um, it was a big step for me because I didn't know anything about self-publishing. It was very new for me. There was a huge, huge learning curve, but I knew this was something I wanted to do for a really long time. Um, I conceived the story about five years ago um when my daughter was really you know still a very picky eater and it just came to me like I've always liked writing obviously I'm when I blog I'm writing a lot and so I've always liked writing and then I've always you know liked to draw and I didn't think of the drawing aspect but I was like what if there was a story about a little girl who was picky and like I don't know like the story just sort of like grew legs and like became a story in my mind and then I didn't think about it much but when my daughter was you know being such a picky eater I thought well let's go to the library maybe we can find a book about it and I'm sure I mean there are a lot of books but but for whatever reason I didn't come across any so I thought well what if I wrote a story and then just 
I don't know, made it into a book. And I'm like, how would I even do that? You know? And so I just wrote the story. Like I literally typed out my phone and I kept it put away. I didn't think about the pictures. And then for a long time, I'm like, and I didn't know about Procreate literally till last year. So I didn't know like how I was going to bring the pictures to life. And so um, I just knew I wanted to do it digitally versus like drawing it and scanning it or whatever. So then um, the books just honestly just sat for like five years. And then randomly, you know, my husband bought me an iPad for Christmas last year. And then I was like, wait a minute, I can draw pictures. Wait a minute, my book, like it all just was like a domino effect. And then I found out about Procreate through um, a designer I follow on Instagram. And I'm like, Procreate sounds like a really, like, like this industry standard, you know? So I told my husband about it and he's also a really good artist. So he was really into it. So he's like, yeah, let's just buy the app. So I bought the app and I was just scribbling away and just like doodling. Like I had no idea. So I was just doodling. And I thought, why don't I just start drawing some rough pictures for this book? And I pull out the story, you know, out of my phone and I'm looking at it and drawing some scenes. And I'm like, I think I can do this. Like, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think I can do this like this year. And so I drew all the pictures and it was grueling. It was like so much work, but it was worth it. And then I, you know, laid it all out in Photoshop. And then I was just learning, honestly, as I went in regards to how self-publishing works, the, the technical side of it and uploading, like all of it. It was, it was a huge learning curve for me and a lot of reading and stuff and watching videos and just trying to figure out what to do. And then my book was born and um, it was really fun to draw because also along with drawing, I really enjoy drawing food specifically. I don't know what it is, even as a young kid, like seven or eight, I remember just sitting and drawing like doodles of like veggies and fruits and like whatever, like just food. I don't know why I've just always liked doing that. And so I like that food is a central theme of my story. Um, there's like pretty much, I wouldn't say food on every page, but it's pretty much there. And it's about a girl who doesn't like to eat. And then she goes to the farmer's market and is introduced to veggies and, and any way of thinking about food. So, um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, I, I hope parents can read it, um, and relate to it. I've had, you know, people buy the book and they're like, yeah, you know, I get this. My kid went through this phase. So it's, it's been a very rewarding experience, very rewarding. And I hope, um, to write some more books. I'm not sure if this will be a series, but, um, I definitely don't want this to be my last book. And I love the way it promotes farmers markets and kids mm -hmm. eating healthy, fresh food, because mm -hmm. like, so I'm an elementary educator by trade. And, um, mm -hmm. so many parents tell me they're like, oh, kids are like cafeteria workers or, Mm -hmm. um are like oh kids are not going to eat carrot sticks or celery sticks if they don't have ranch dressing which mm. is such a load of crap i mean <laughs> not true and like and and like you're saying like a kid's trip i just love that and i went to the farmer's market this summer and had a very similar experience i i love the whole farmer i wrote a story about um a little girl who's like goes to the farmer's market with her mom every week they have like a honey stand mm -hmm. and sell honey and she gets to like you know for helping with her mom she gets like a dollar and she's like goes to all the different vendors and tries to figure out where to spend her dollar oh i love it but um that's just you know sitting in i don't i i entered there was like this montana contest and you had to mm -hmm. like write something about montana summer and that was the story that like i wrote like six different stories and that was the one that went from start to finish Fantastic. But, um, but yeah, and I love that you taught yourself procreate. That gives me kind of because like I've opened it up several times and I'm just totally and then somebody sent me some YouTube videos to watch. But as my listeners know, I'm kind of having this like, like, like magnetic thing with my, you know, like polar opposite, like I just can't be mm -hmm. on my computer anymore than I absolutely <laughs> have to. And so I can't bring myself to watch those videos. Mm -hmm. and I'm really struggling. But you found an Instagrammer, huh? 
yes that that shows you i might check that well she she doesn't show how to how to do it but she mentioned like oh i made this on procreate and i was like what's procreate and then i just like then i researched procreate on my own a little bit so i have a graphic design background i actually have a degree in graphic design so i'm not coming from like zero like i i I know photoshop i know adobe Illustrator. like i have that background well you threw me off right there because i'm I'm like i hate photoshop with a passion (laughs) oh man i have to go from procreate photoshop so i i don't want you to feel like oh you just need to jump in and know procreate like i i came from that background a little bit so when i opened procreate did i know how to use it no but did i have a sort of a a setup for like how to navigate it i kind of did so um Mm. Yeah, but I, I I don't follow anyone who like shows you how to use Procreate. I would love to find someone who does that. Um, I just researched like articles about it just real quick. And then this girl that I follow, she does surface design as well. So I can see what's possible. I She's an amazing artist. I would love to draw like her, but um, I can see what's possible in the app. So that does uh, inspire me. Hmm. And like the lady I talked to, she told me like what I have to do is like scan in my watercolor paintings that I've done in mm-hmm. procreate and then work with them from there oh, and that's, okay. but but I I haven't even thought about trying to just draw something from scratch that might be a, a new thing for me to try anyway my listeners probably are not interested in this at all <laughs> they want to hear about how to grow vegetables so here's my final question if there's one change you would like to see to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity or organization you're passionate about or project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? Um, in regards to a change for a greener world, I really love the idea of urban gardening. I'm, I've only heard about it. I've never seen it for myself, but I just love the concept. Having a green garden in a city space for the locals to come in and work as a community to grow their own fresh um, fruits and veggies. Um, This also, of course, contributes to the environment, but it also provides fresh produce to food insecure communities. I mean, um, I've heard recently that there are communities where you have to drive miles just to get to a regular supermarket to buy fruits and veggies. Like that is unacceptable, you know? And then these people cannot eat fresh food that we as humans like we all need that you know and so for them to grow their own food it's not just about oh we get food but it's like a community project you know you can get multiple generations involved I mean it's a beautiful thing you know the people in the neighborhood pinch in kids can learn from an early age about where food comes from and how to make healthier food choices I think that's a huge I mean it'll have a ripple effect that will you know reverberate for for a while I think that's a beautiful concept um, in regards to a crucial issue facing our planet, I definitely feel if we composted more, it would make a huge difference in global warming. Um, food scraps that end up in landfills don't decompose, but they do produce methane gas, right, which does contribute massively to the greenhouse effect. Um, and so if we could take the food scraps and compost them, um, we can just eliminate that you know, if we all did our part, if that's possible. Fortunately for me here in the California Bay Area, we do have compost bins alongside garbage and recycling. So we do throw our, excuse me, our food scraps and, you know, our, our cuttings from the garden and things like that in there. And so that all gets contributed to the city and then the city produces the compost. And then on certain days of the year, we can actually go to a particular location in the city and pick up compost for free, up to three bags of compost for free. So I did do that, I think back in September. So I have some compost sitting there for um, the spring. But I mean, I think if we composted more, I think it would just, because climate change is real and it's um, very, very serious. And people, I used to think, and I was also wrong about this. I used to think that, oh, if I throw food away, oh, it's food, it'll go back to the earth. But if it's stuck under mounds of garbage, 
it cannot decompose the way it's supposed to and it'll actually have a negative effect. So if people could compost more if, if possible, or even in their backyard in a bucket, you know, um, I think it would help a lot. Ah, Jen, I love that so, so <laughs> much. Um, well, go ahead and tell listeners how they can connect with you and follow you on Instagram or follow your blog or find you on Pinterest. Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, well, my blog is hot. Um, I don't know if you want me to spell it. Do you want me to spell it out? You probably should. That would okay. help. It's always good on a podcast to spell things. Okay. So it's H-A-U-T-E-M-O-M-M-Y h a n d b o o k dot com that's my blog um and then you can just follow me on instagram at the hm handbook and i have links to my shop on there links to my blog links to my book um yeah that's probably the easiest way to go awesome thank you so much for sharing with us today and just have a wonderful day and enjoy your winter and I will send you the link when it's up. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Well, thank you. Uh Hey, listeners. How would you like to support the Green Organic Garden podcast by just donating $5? There's a great site called Cup of Coffee. And um, the way it works is just you donate $5 or $10 or $15. They're all increments of 5 And I get the money directly. Um, there's no like monthly, like subscription, like Patreon, like you just do it one time. I think you can, if you want to sign up for more, but, um, you just go there. The link is right at the top of the organic gardener podcast.com page. I'll try to put the link in the show notes, buy me a cup of coffee and just help with just some of the bills to keeping the podcast, um, up on the air, you know, paying for the website fee for the MP3 to be hosted is like $40 a month alone, just right there. You know, I don't mind doing my time, um, you know, to do the interviews, do the editing, um, you know, all that stuff. But if you could just help with some of the monthly payments, especially this year, we've really had to tighten our belts as things are growing and I'm trying to do more. Um, I hope you're enjoying the, everything that's been coming out in season three. I think there've been great episodes. I've been trying to provide more content, cup of coffee. Um, it's on organic gardener podcast.com organic gardener podcast.com on our regular website. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's like right at the top of the screen, I think, but it would sure help. Do you know someone who would benefit from the organic gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.